So we're live. We're back again. Um, we're almost on time. It's your fault again, isn't it, Danny? It's nothing to do with me this time, actually. In my time. This oh, time, you, I was here first, early. It doesn't happen often. When it does, I'm going to remind you. I was sort of edging my bets. I was like, they're never going to be on time. So I'll just nip out, get some lunch, came back, and you were all stood outside. Autist here. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Rico's got a nice tan, though. I know, yeah. Looking good, Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, welcome back to the uh, All Stars MMA podcast, um, sponsored sponsored by. Um, that's me. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by Amazing Green CBD, as always, uh, taking care of everyone um, with their products. Sponsoring Rico as well. They were one of our main sponsors for your BKB fight, weren't they? Yeah, they were, yeah really good. Um, yeah, yeah, top top quality coming from America. You know, obviously the market's flooded with CBD at the minute, but uh, you know, top quality stuff. Uh, from California, I believe, yeah. and uh, yeah, lots of good, lots of good uh, feedback coming back. I've had a, uh, you know, you know, some I've gave someone uh, some this morning just to try yeah. or whatever, and straight away they messaged me like, oh, you know, that's really good. How's uh, Thorn's hardest fighter um, bad arthritis getting on? <laughs> <laughs> when Brian nicknamed you mum bad arthritis, how's she getting on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good. If if you like, say anybody who's got any little ailments like arthritis, little niggles, it's just worth trying, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know and I mean? the cream's good as well. I mean, rare reviews about this. I've been yeah. using that as well on my knee. Ah, uh, yeah. Impressed. Yeah, good. Uh, Ali, muscle medicine as well. Yeah, as always, um, helping the fighters. He does acupuncture, massage. You know, prescribing exercises to do. He gave me some stretches that I need to fucking start doing again to help uh, help me back. Uh, yeah, looking after a lot of people. Again, I said it last week before my fight. He, uh, you know, he helped me, looked after me, gave me a. How's your finger? Have you fixed it yet? No, still broken. Oh my god! Boom! Look at that. It's gonna be like up here now, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's yeah. it. It's game over. So yeah, if you break your finger, guys, just go to hospital and get it sorted. Don't don't do what I'm doing and leave it. See what kind of weird shit happens. <laughs> it's just an experiment for me. You are a walking experiment, aren't you? Paving the way. I am. Yes. Right. Let's get into it. Um, yeah, welcome to the studio, Mr. Dominic Gibbs, Cheers. the man behind uh, Cage Steel. So, you give us a call last week after uh, after the podcast, because um, obviously it was the main talking point after the big night at Sheffield Arena, which yeah. were a good night. Um, we had a big chat, headache. so yeah. said, "Why not come on and tell us tell us about Cage Steel?" So, I'll hand it over to you. Where did it all start? What's the uh, what's the deal? Where did it all start? Okay, yeah. um, it started with. We, me and Danny, long time ago, back in 2006, 2005, 2006. I can't remember the date. <coughs> Too many punches. Yeah, uh, all kind of so blurs into one. We had a we had a gym together when like MMA in the UK was was kind of not happening. There weren't, weren't a lot going off, um, and we we kind of said let's let's do a promotion, and. I think you suggested like a local legend centre, had we? Because man, I were like, no, let's do Dome Parklands. I think Parklands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do Dome. But some someone beat us to it. And started right. promoting there. Um, Danny fought on the show. Um, yeah. First time that I came across the clothing brand, which was Cage Steel. Bought a hoodie. Loved the brand straight away. Ah, um, yeah, because they actually. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. forgot. I forgot about this because they sponsored. So the show was Ultimate Force, run by Paul Murphy, Dave Mangum, and then Cage Steel actually. Sponsored it, didn't they? Mm. Like, like they, I think they, they bought, bought the, the they bought the cage, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So um, obviously that was my first exposure to the brand. Like I said, Danny fought on there. I kind of uh, jumped in and, and helped out doing running and all sorts of stuff. Helped the guys that were doing it. Unbeknown to me, that it was kind of setting me up for 
years down the line that when I come to promote there, I knew everything. I knew where yeah. things went. I knew how, how things were done. <clears throat> but like I said, that promotion, I don't know what happened. They they, they ended for some reason. Um, there were some a, good fights on there yeah, as well. Yeah, there were great, it, it were a good great show. people on there, yeah. yeah. Um, and they kind of set the set the way. They were the, like the pioneers, so, you know, they, they did good. Um, but it was about three years. No one had promoted at the Dome. And me and Danny... We we kind of split the gym up, aren't we? Because it, it it was struggling, you know. We probably yeah. or left it open about six months longer than it should. It's kind of business lessons, um, and we split it up. So we went to our different areas. Danny went to like Goal, and I went to like Adwick, um, and we had little bits going off. But we kind of like, kind of like, gone and moved away, aren't we? You know, yeah, yeah. kind of like lost lost track with each other, and I. I had a corporate job at the time, so I was operations manager at Doncaster Council. And I decided to, there were redundancy packages in the big cuts, you know, the austerity yeah. cuts. And uh, I decided that I wanted to work for myself, not knowing what I wanted to do. I took a redundancy package and just left. I like messed about, even like selling cars at first. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I fell into uh, facilities management. Someone asked me to have a look at a school, which were one of my roles at the, at the council. And uh, I did this school roof for like 90 grand, 90 grand job, my first job. And they they actually sat across from me and said, oh, can you do this work? Do you have a company? And I said, yes. <laughs> and I went home that night and made one. Nice. Show <laughs> yeah. a company's house. Yeah. <laughs> 15 quid, whatever it is. I was just finding logos and trying to create documents, yeah. obviously terms and conditions and all that. And I, I started in the facilities management world. And I can't remember where we bumped into each other again, but we, our paths crossed again. And I'm like, oh, mate. And obviously my company were doing doing really well. And uh, I said, look, why don't we do the promotion? It's been three years since anyone promoted at the Dome. We got talking about it. Um, and we just, uh, do you know what? Because at the time <laughs> as well, I, so on my side, what had happened, obviously, you know, Dom had, his, had a little gym in Adwick. He were teaching there. I had... I had a gym in Ghoul originally, then in Thorn, then from Thorn, Jamie Thwaites, who owns who owns who owned the Cage Steel brand at the time, approached me and asked me to run Cage Steel Gym, which was in Dewsbury. Yeah. So he'd kitted this sick gym out. That's where so, we crossed again. So then I ended up there. So I ended up at Cage Steel Gym coaching and running that yeah. and everything. So were it there where I think it was the Royal Wedding. The Royal Wedding were on and you you opened the gym and did a class and Cage Steel had a massive sale. Yeah. So we came down and like all the lads who couldn't be bothered were watching the Royal Wedding, William at the time, weren't yeah. it? Um, we all went and trained and then went into the warehouse where the guy that owned yeah. Cage yeah. Steel had got this massive sale going on. You're like, unbelievable boxing gloves for 10 quid. Yeah. People were just buying like 20 pairs. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we then obviously discussed it then. Yeah. And we, we approached Cage Steel about sponsorship and they kind of came on board with the first show. So the first show was CSFC. Yeah. It was Cage Steel Fighting Championships. But after the first show, Jamie, he fell out of love with MMA. So he kind of didn't want the the brand or anything to yeah, go. Yeah, so he, that's when, at that point, <clears throat> he, he shut the gym. He said, like, I don't want the gym anymore or whatever. That left me. That's when I started moving the gym around yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And then obviously... So I, I went in as a director then, as Cage Steel clothing brand, Fightwear. Yeah. But everything I tried to do, Jamie, he, he had really lost, just lost the love of it, you know, and he'd done such a fantastic job of, like, the, the first ever 
UK clothing line, really. Like I say, buying cages for people and pioneering the way. And then he just fell out of love with it. So everything I tried to do... He, he just didn't want to know. Because there's some old <coughs> pictures of uh, of like big name fighters now yeah. wearing gear back in day. Like I seen one of Misha Tate that you shared. Misha Tate, while, Bisping. While yeah, yeah, Bisping. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was big. I think yeah, yeah it was. It were in uh, like in America. In, yeah. I think they had it in Japan, like different places yeah. and stuff. So, so yeah, we uh, Cage Steel and he, he decided that he didn't want to be to do a show. Yeah. So we were left with uh, what do we do now? We've we've kind of started this brand, this CSFC. We don't really want to change the name, <clears throat> so we uh, we we call it Combat Sport Fighting Championships, so we could keep the CSFC. Yeah, yeah. And I think I always had in my mind that Cage Steel would come back somewhere along the line, and as it happens, it came back when uh, me and Jamie were having a discussion one day, and I just said, "Sell me company," and he did. Sold me the whole clothing brand, the whole company, and <clears throat> I went off and like got the registration for it so like i i own cage steel yeah, registered yeah. company now so i i brought it back as cage steel fighting championships and then realized that actually cage steel with the likes of bisping and misha tate and all them guys that have wore it that is actually the bigger brand than than csfc yeah so changed the show did a complete rebrand um and cage steel as it is now is is where we're at that, yeah, I it? forgot that we did that. That we yeah. changed the name. Yeah, we actually changed the name originally. It, it was really. Sport. It's it's kind of strange that we we kind of discussed it and went, let's do combat sports so we can keep the CSFC. And I always thought we'd get Cage Steel back on board, yeah. but obviously I didn't envisage it being that. You know, a couple of years down the line, because I think I think I had three years in Cage Steel as a director, like watching the brand die. Yeah, and it, it was kind of hard to do because I always loved the brand. And then anything we do, it was always like, oh, you know, this is this is kind of really hard to do and watch. And then and then I kind of thought this might be the way to go. What were your so were you training at the time? Then were you like in martial arts yourself? Because you said you were teaching as well. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, like me and Danny had obviously started the the gym together. Yeah. So we were kind of running a gym between us. Um, and then we split up. So. Danny had his gym in Goal, I think it was. Yeah, I went to yeah. Thorne, and, and I, w- I was teaching in Adwick. Um, I don't know why why that stopped. I think it was because I think my my corporate job. Yeah, I got promoted, and I, I you know I rose quite quickly in a few years, and it was like I can't keep this on. So I kind of devoted myself to the to the corporate job. Yeah, and then realised that fine, what I wanted to do. You know, and I had a great job. I seriously had a great job at Doncaster Council. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too difficult. It, it's always like red tape and local authorities always kind of bang your head against the brick wall yeah. and try and get things done. But, you know, I were, on, I were on great money, good job that I enjoyed with chance of massive progression. But I just realised that I wanted to do something else. Did I you always have like that me. entrepreneurial drive? Yeah. So like you've said, a passion for combat sports and an entrepreneurial drive. So you thought, if I throw the two together. No. You didn't? No. I never left. I never left my corporate job to set up anything to do with MMA. Nothing. Right. I left not knowing what I wanted to do, just knowing that I wanted to work for myself. Obviously, I'd tried different things. I'd tried different businesses. Even done some like multi-level marketing stuff. Oh, which don't is say a, that. No, listen, <laughs> honestly, no, it was a company called Amway, right? And... Do they still run? They yeah, they still, still run. They're in like 92 different countries, right? Not for me, because I haven't got the passion to sell that business to people. Yeah. But 
Amway taught me so much. They gave me like the, the books to read and you know, I, I I literally educated myself. Yeah, yeah. And and everything that I do now, a lot of it comes What's back Amway? to like, What Amway? is it? It's 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 American Way it stood for. So it's uh it's multi level marketing. Yeah, and what yeah. I, they've got a company because I was looking for a nutrition supplier for our gym. Yeah. And that's yeah. how I came yeah, across it. Yeah, we ended up getting like protein bars and yeah, stuff yeah. on there, didn't we? Yeah. So they've got a, an energy drink called XS, and I think it's it was probably taken over by a monster now, but at the time it was the second biggest seller in the world with no marketing that not many people knew about. Red Bull were obviously first. Yeah. Other drinks are available. <laughs> Sorry, with no regulation here, but cool. <laughs> kind of looked out there to see if you had a sponsor. Well, Red Bull. We <laughs> <laughs> got my Shark Energy. Thanks for that. <laughs> so yeah, um, being honest with you, the gym was kind of kept open for longer because we were kind of making sales off the drinks yeah. and the protein bars. There's a lot to be said for it. Like, I mean, I I do take piss out of multi-level marketing because like. Every day you've got somebody that's a, an entrepreneur, hashtag entrepreneur on Instagram, and they're selling Herbalife or yeah. Forex trading and that. And I'm like, yeah. fucking, it just stresses uh, me out because like, it's, you know, my business, my business. It's not, it's somebody else's business. You're just yeah. pushing their products. So like, but when you speak, when you see all like the really successful, for what you said, the really successful entrepreneurs and the way that they've built the businesses, like Branson and that, they endorse multi-level marketing because it does give you that, that yeah. grounding, that skill to be able to go and develop. Selling, I, th I think it comes down to, the sales part of it, like yeah. learning to sell stuff. Yeah. So I can't remember who said it to me, but years ago someone said to me, you're not in the business of teaching martial arts. You're in the business of just selling your, your gym yeah. to people. Selling, That's what it selling is. Selling membership. Yeah, yeah. Like There's so many people out there with shit products, but they make loads yeah. of money because they can sell them. Do you, know, do you know what it taught me? The biggest thing that I'll ever say to someone, multi-level marketing, take this to any business, anything you do in life. It said, if the why is big enough, the how doesn't matter. Right, and it's about creating a why. Yeah. Why do you do what you do? And if that why is big enough, it doesn't matter. If someone said to you, you need 20 grand by the end of this month, otherwise one of your family members are not going to get an operation, they're, they're yeah. going to pass away. What are you going to do? Legally, you're going to get 20 grand. However, you're going to put yourself in that th of, I'm going to make this money. I'm going to make this happen. So if, if you start with why, why you want to do something, and you make the why big enough, it really won't matter. I, I work 18 hours a day. It don't feel like work. Nah. It doesn't, because I've got a why. I, I know oh, what I, I see, want I'd to work do. 18 hours a week for myself rather than doing 40 for someone else yeah. all day long. Like, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. When I, when I left my corporate job, someone who, who'd run successful businesses um, sold, sold his business for millions. He said to me, um, Dom, being self-employed is amazing. You get to choose which 18 hours of the day that you want to work. And I kind of <laughs> laughed because I thought, yeah, that's a good joke. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and anything you do, you gym owners, you know, it doesn't stop, does it? You, yeah, yeah. You kind of teach, then you go home and you pay yeah, like work I'm, to I'm do like it. I'm only, like I worked it out, I'm only coaching 10 hours a week right now. Yeah. I'm not, I think, fucking hell, 10 hours a week. That's, you know, people are like, fucking hell, you do 10 hours of work a week. It's like, I don't, I'm fucking working constantly. I'm waking up at middle of the night thinking, fucking hell, I need That's to fucking, well, I need it. a new door or whatever. Yeah. Changing room needs a new there's door. A, there's Fuck. a leak, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, it's just constant. Yeah, leak Josh said you need a new clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah nah, You've got a lot of fancy fine, watches, mate. but none of them are, have got the right time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even talk. I will live today. Do you I know. Know what I mean? Exactly. Sorry, exactly. This See, why I'm a fight promoter. I kind of pitied <laughs> you off there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to fight him. You <laughs> tap out now. 
Funnily enough, that's what a lot of a lot happens. Here. I don't want to fight him. <laughs> yeah, you were saying that, weren't you? Leading up to this. So, so, so when did it start taking off then? So you took over from Cage Steel, and then yeah. so what? What were the progression? So, what? So December 20, 2011 was the first CSFC, and then obviously the next show was Combat Sport Fighters Championships. I can't remember when it came back round to Cage. Yeah. When at what point I bought it? It's probably about two or three years ago now. Um, and that's when we like did the rebrand. It'll be about three years ago because Alex, our marketing guys here, and, and they they were kind of key and instrumental in, in actually doing the, the kind of rebrand. They came to me and they said, um, "Can we change the the cage floor?" I said, "Why?" I said, "Well, everything you've got, all your branding, you've got kind of red and silver. You made that the first logo, red and silver logo. Did I? <laughs> yeah. And then when <laughs> when we ordered the cage, we had a hired cage." Yeah. And they came and it had a, an orange floor. Yeah. And it was just one of those things yeah. that, that happened. Um, so they said, what, why don't you change the cage floor? Because all the logos for your, for your brand are silver and red. And I'm like, nah, that cage floor is sick. It kind of lights up the roof in the dome. Yeah. It's, it it's looks kind different of synonymous. All the, all the, yeah. It's uh, synonymous yeah, with yeah. our show now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, when I bought my own cage, I was like, I'm having an orange floor. So we went, well, actually, why don't we change our brand to orange and black? And and when we kind of looked at it, Cage Steel went down that route because Jamie it got went, into motorbikes, into KTM. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Everything like grey and orange, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. orange so he did black, orange whatever. and black. He yeah. did kind of black and grey and stuff like that, but then he went down that one route of having CS1. Yeah. His first, like having one range, and it was black and orange. So everything kind of just fell into place, you know. Um <laughs> kind of think is it lucky but you know the goal the goal through said the the harder i work the luckier i become i think a few people have said that haven't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry somebody's commented saying i can't hear anything on the cage steel thing i was just double checking all right now nah, we're good they all said it when we first got went onto holding screen to begin with how panicking there i'm like <laughs> how can you not hear anything yeah. <laughs> you can't hear us you sorry yeah us. carry on Carry on, I'll have a little panic then. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's probably about three years ago we did the rebrand um, and we are where we are today. Um, well, say we are where we are. That's like cutting out a massive progression. We did the Doncaster Dome for 23 shows. So how many shows do you run a year then? Is it like every... Three. Every, all right, yeah. yeah. We, we we did try four at one bit. Yeah, we, we did one year <laughs> where we did four, yeah. but it kind of dilutes it a little yeah. bit, you know. Yeah. Because, yeah, too close together and stuff and then... You're asking a lot of the fans, you know, they, they spend they spend good money um, to come and watch it, and we try to like give give them something back. But not everyone can afford, you know, all the time to come. So you've kind of got to like fit your audience if you yeah, like. Yeah, so yeah. you don't want to keep keep exploiting them, and and it's it did dilute it. You know, you got kind of two shows that weren't weren't as great. So it's like three is the. Is that sort? Of, is that same thing? You sort of, could you run out of fighters as well? You know, like yeah, you, I mean, not, not recycling so much, the same fighters. Yeah, is that, yeah. is that something that could happen? But especially back in the day. Now it's slightly different. Obviously, the show we've just put on had thirty-seven fights on it, yeah, and, and, and I could have, I could have pushed for more. I, mean, I think originally there were like forty-five fights, and then I knew that it had whittled down. I, I were looking at probably going ahead with forty. Luckily, thirty-seven worked out just right. Time wise, yeah, the, you know, it's it non stop from what <laughs> fucking. I mean, I think I got the edge before lunch, and it started at one, is one that right? o'clock, yeah, and yeah. it was fight after fight after fight through till, yeah, what were it, half a we, had a, we had a break for about 20 minutes, 
yeah. swap between the amateur show and the pro show. Yeah. Um, we kind of built in a half an hour, but that didn't happen. Yeah. So it was like 20 minutes. Oh, that was that was a tough swap round. But. Yeah. It worked, like I say, if there were more fights, it, it would have yeah, it would have gone wrong. But yeah, it, it worked out ideal. So na- now. You know, it's much easier to match because there's more fighters, there's more gyms. More gyms MMA yeah. is much more mainstream, yeah. so there's a lot more there's a lot more people out there that I can use. Instead of using, you know, this guy's a big ticket seller, let's use him again. And after three or four shows, people are sick of that guy. They want, you know. Yeah. So it's good to, yeah, it's good to mix it up and stuff and, you know, g- give the fans some different... Because there's a lot more shows popping up as well now, isn't there? Like, yeah, every weekend there's an event. Yeah, yeah like... I think September 14th, I've got four events in my diary. Really? Yeah, <laughs> for that <laughs> same weekend. <laughs> Terrible. But yeah, it's just just how it is now. Everyone wants to put on a show and stuff, and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's big, isn't it? People, people, people have got their own ideas and stuff, what they want to do with shows, and, uh, yeah, they're cropping up everywhere now. So that's it. It's not the easiest thing to do. People think it's quite easy. Oh, you just put this show on and then <laughs> you got the money in. You're all right. Yeah, you got to think. There's <laughs> so many, so many like parts. Yeah, I mean, like the logistics of it. Like when I walked into arena, I, I saw it and I was like, "Fuck it!" Because the production were mega. Like I thought the production were great. Lights, cameras, the lot. Like it were, it were impressive. You know, yeah. um, I didn't know what I didn't know what to expect, but like. I didn't yeah. genuinely like. Yeah. I've not been to. If it, if it were me, I'd have just had just like hay bales, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it'd have been on a farm somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it leads on to what I said last week. I like I I listened to it back this morning just to double check, and I did undersell it not on purpose. Like it was just whilst we were chatting. Yeah, I'd I'd said something along the lines of that it's the it was on on the promotion. The promotion, the, didn't, the promotion didn't something. matter. Yeah, the pro- yeah, something like which I, I said it, not thinking what, what I was really saying. Yeah, um, which was unfair because the promotion. You obviously, you did promote it. Like it's <laughs> constantly on social media. Yeah. But that's what led onto this this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, to be fair, I, I just tell everyone the story. I phoned you up after, and it was because I wanted to get your perception because you you obviously made that statement, and for me that's your belief. If if you if that's your perception of something, that's how you believe it to be. So I need to find out why. Yeah, why yeah. you believe it to be to be like that. And it wasn't to to kind of put you straight or anything like that. It was that if I can get that knowledge off you, then perhaps other people are thinking like that. And that's it, like it, when you phone me up, obviously I wasn't expecting to call, but it takes some bollocks to fucking phone to me up, you know, just off the bat and say, right, what what was that about? <laughs> like for me, I said it not as Cage Steel is a small promotion. I made it more as like, how can you get people that are not like in touch with a fighter or yeah. in touch with the the, the community? Yeah, that's what I was more alluding to than yeah, yeah. you not you'd not promoted it. I was trying to think how would I yeah, try reach, to get people reach your that, average that have person, never seen yeah. Cage. Like everyone's seen the orange fucking yeah, yeah. cage. Like the clips have been on Rogue and the clips have been everywhere. So if people don't, they don't necessarily know Cage Steel. They'll know the, the cage. Yeah, which is a good thing. Like that that brand recognition is obviously embedded in yeah. people that have seen martial arts and I was just sat there like we were just talking like how could you get people that are just they don't fight they don't train yeah. they just watch a bit of UFC occasionally or a bit of cage steel a cage warriors whatever and I was trying to think out loud how the fuck would you do it which is <coughs> so, I suppose like the end game for you in it is like how big can you get it is that is that yeah. the plan or yeah that that is obviously you start with with a full stadium and and kind of work back and there's there's kind of different avenues to do it. We 
we put a lot of heavy content on on social media on digital yeah mainly because 27,000 followers on Facebook we're hitting 1.06 million reach every month you know our, our Facebook is massive for us we're kind of jumping in with like the Snapchat stuff that we're doing now probably the Snapchat is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. so we kind of link people to that to come back to our Facebook obviously the YouTube stuff so it's kind of a heavy heavy marketing prowess on on digital but aside that we were in 20 different newspaper articles so um, we worked with the, the arena's PR um, agency. So we went out into 20 different um, publications. We had um, massive digital billboards all around Sheffield, yeah. different locations, different different days. It was obviously beamed onto different ones because it's a, a kind of digital set. They can just set it up to go on different ones. So that was kind of beamed all around Sheffield. Um, we linked up with Sheffield Chamber, who absolutely amazing to be fair um they put out e-shots for us we had so so yeah. much and, and we picked up some good some good sponsors from that so there was we kind of have to work two different angles obviously we're looking for businesses to jump in and and become sponsors and partners with us so we kind of have to market that differently to how we market to, yeah, to kind yeah. of you and when we do like the sponsored stuff which you know I'm, I'm sure anyone who does like Facebook marketing understand that it's a very cheap way of getting out there and, and getting getting your like story heard. When we did that, we weren't looking for you because you already know about the show. We're looking for the people that if you see it on your timeline, I've wasted my money, and that's the thing you have to kind of be key on who you select, what audience you select, how you get out to those people to to bring them in, and look, you know. I know, I know that we can do better. But that was our first arena show. Um, yeah, I'm not taking no away from you. <laughs> yeah, like, we like, had to, we had to kind of try things, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like for, for you to, for, to put on an event there, and the scale that you did as well, because it yeah. was impressive. Like I said, the production were mega. Yeah. You know, like obviously we're a bit, uh, I should have probably worded it a bit better last time. But again, you know, you just keep going forward. Yeah. I, for, for me, it was just a case of, I was just pointing out, not even pointing out. I just wanted to to say like, it, to make it go further. Yeah, they're the people we need to be trying to hit in it. You know, the yeah, the, the, yeah. Because you get a lot of fight. Obviously, fighters sell tickets and stuff. But I don't know how many people just bought not from a fighter. That's the thing. It's like pushing that in it. Like if you if yeah. you could just say to fighters, don't sell tickets. Yeah, that's where we want to be. And that's yeah, yeah. where we want to be. Do you know what I mean? And then like see I, what comes in. That'd be the test. <laughs> Obviously, that'd be fucking very dangerous to do that. But yeah, yeah. You know, I, I want to get to that point where I'm not reliant on a fighter selling tickets because, yeah. you know, Rico sat here, you're here, you, you've, you've been in that position. Fighting's tough, okay? You, the train, all right, as Danny said, this is easy, right? He did that yeah. in, the, in the cage, but it, I think you said it on the, on the podcast last week. It's not that bit that's hard. It's the training, it's getting up early, it's the diet, it's the cutting weight, it's all that. And then selling tickets on top of that. And... There's a lot of um, there's a lot of promotions that pop up, put a show on, and just try and dictate to the fighters. This is what I want you to do. You've got to sell tickets, and then they don't do anything from kind of promotion stuff. We try to give everything to the fighter to yeah. to become. It's it's a bad bad thing, but it just makes people understand that they're like your sales force. Yeah. So if if Danny's fighting on the show, I need to make him a profile pitch. I need to make him a cover page. I need to do an interview with him. I need to, I need to put the work in because he's putting the work in. Yeah, yeah. 
So why should I just be reliant on him doing everything? You know, Danny, I tell you what, mate, you go there, you go diet, you go and train, you go and sell tickets, and then you go and fight, and I'll just sit back. No, that ain't, that ain't how it works. You work hard at this game, you know, and, and we worked hard. We went up and yeah. down the country. I blew my gearbox up on my car. <laughs> no. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, you know, I, I'm a tight ass, all right? That's, <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> I've been all about getting a new car for the last two years, and I'm just too tight. I always think, well, if I get a new car, I could get an apprentice. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I've kind of kept going. I did 220,000 miles in that car, okay. up and down the country, interviewing fighters. But but we kind of love it. Do you know, we, we'll go up. Like, if you're going somewhere like um, the Lodge at Spennymoor, it's a, it's a trek. And you do your day job. And these guys, you know, they work for me. They We work in the day in the office. And then we jump in the car, we drive up to Spennymoor, we have a crack going there take the mess out of each other. Yeah. We go and interview the fighters and we, we drive back and stop and Alex will have a McDonald's because he's fat. <laughs> so how do you, like, from a fight promoting standpoint, how do you see the future of fight promotion going? Because obviously we spoke last week about one championship putting on these like camps to say, right, yeah. we're going to teach you, we're going to teach you a bit about fighting, jujitsu, whatever. And then we're going to teach you marketing, how to market yourself, how you should run in your Instagram, running target ads. Because we, we've spoken about this before. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's all analytical, you know, marketing, it's all about return on investment and running targeted Facebook ads. Like if I were a fighter now, I'd be taking any spare cash that I possibly had and I'd be building my profile. Yeah. So no matter how good of a fighter you are, it's your profile that sells it on the back of it. Because everyone can fight at the level that everyone that they're at, they can all fight. It's like what stands you apart. Yeah, that's you right. You know, for McGregor, it stood him apart. For like, obviously, he could finish fights, but he could talk more shit than. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, know, you he, obviously you've got his, his picture up there, and I was going to use him as an example because everyone understands, you know, Conor McGregor's story, and the guy just marketed himself. Yeah, he he was the product. We talked about MLMs earlier, and everyone having a product and trying to sell it. He was the product that yeah. everyone that he made people buy into. You know, he, he went out there and he, he sold tickets. And I, I remember Chris Chris Eubank years ago, and he'd finished fighting, and they said to him, Chris, you, you, were, kind of, you were kind of Marmite. People either loved you or they hated you. And, and Chris Eubank said, um, you, either, you either loved me or you hated me. If you loved me, you came to watch me fight and beat the other guy. But if you hated me, you came to watch me get knocked out. I'm glad you didn't do that in his accent. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, yes. you buy a seat. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. Either way, you buy a seat, and, yeah. and that that's the true fact. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Sometimes you've got to you got to kind of... It's like playing the pantomime them. villain, isn't yeah. it? Do you know, you know. Well, we've had our pantomime villains villains on the show, haven't we? And you know, it's yeah. it's as a promoter. As a marketeer, you're kind of excited when that stuff's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if someone comes in like that, what I think what the other people have got to realise, if you're fighting fighting someone like that, don't take it personal. Yeah. Right? They're selling they're selling the fight and selling the show. What I would do is is I, I'd be buzzing because I'd be like, right, this guy is going to be the one that everyone hates. I can be the one that people like and I can sell tickets to watch me knock this bum out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to make money, and he's going to get a good hiding. <laughs> but, but people take it personal, don't yeah, they? It kind yeah, of gets a it. bit mad. It's like it's it's a show. It's a business. It's yeah. you know. You'd be surprised. So much, so much of this, like at weigh-ins, like pushing and shoving and stuff like that. Like obviously, I've been behind the scenes at a lot of events, 
and you know I'm not going to like name names and stuff but you know I, wa- I was at an event recently and uh, two high profile fighters were backstage the friends or whatever and they said right we're going to weigh in <laughs> you know I, I'm going to get proper in your face to shove me and, and get, we'll get everyone to hold us back and that. they said yeah yeah and that happened at weigh in and the crowd were going crazy and people were thinking fuck these are going to smash each yeah, other yeah. and they were just all orchestrated we're fucking putting it's, the cloak off it all now aren't yeah, we like, yeah. we're like, yeah. all like that yeah. 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 But, when Tyson's biting Lennox Lewis's legs yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, that, but that is you know Obviously, I've got loads of fighters in the gym, and, and that is going to be the difference. It's like who's going to put themselves out there, and you know, it's about creating a character, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's like it's and then playing this character, and and obviously trying to trying to play a character that is just an exaggerated version of yourself. Yeah, you know, don't, don't yeah, you'll if, you, if you're like, a, yeah, if yeah. you're a super nice guy, don't just try and be a dick. <laughs> it, don't, it don't work like that. But if you're, you know, a bit of a dick, just make yourself fucking more of a dick, or you know, whatever it is. If you're a, if you're a nice guy, make yourself a super nice guy. Yeah. Look at GSP, like super nice. You know, never says anything bad about anyone. You know that. Yeah. So th- there's lots of different angles you can take, but uh, Cause yeah, because the, the, is there obviously there is now an element of responsibility on the fighters to sell tickets. And moving down the line, even at even at the UFC level, like there's still a responsibility to the fighters to sell it's, the it's, tickets. It's a, not so much about physical tickets; it's yeah, more about like it, it's more about how many eyes are you bringing. Yeah, you know how many people are watching you. You know, it's, ascend it's a pay per view, isn't it? And that you know, Conor Conor McGregor, they they said that he's a needle mover because they're obviously dealing massive numbers. So if they put a fighter on, they don't kind of notice. But when they put someone like Conor McGregor on, they literally watch the needle move. Yeah, yeah. And they'll call people like that needle movers. And those kind of people can dictate different money. And this is the thing. You will get paid well the more you, you yeah. like yeah. bring that business in. Conor McGregor got paid well. When you look at, like, his opponent were getting $48,000 and he were getting, what, so many million? It's like, if, if you were as... as like vocal as him, you're going to get the same money. Of course, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look at um, like uh, Mokayev. Yeah. Look at his Instagram. 90,000 people follow him. He's an amateur fighter. He's the yeah. obviously the best amateur fighter, but 90,000 followers on Instagram. As soon as he goes pro, like, he's already got eyes on him. He's getting off now. He's got, you know, he's yeah. got yeah. Obviously, obviously he, stayed, he stayed with us, with me and Louis in, uh, in Rome and stuff. And yeah, he's literally... <laughs> He's getting calls off promoters and stuff, and, and they're making him very good offers. And I, he sort of asked me my advice, and I just said to him, "Listen, like, there's going to be a lot of people just want want you to sign and want to take things from you." But I just yeah. said, "Just do not be rushed into anything because yeah. you know he's a young lad. He's 18 years old. It's like just there just, are people out there that will will kind of just want to draw off what he's got and and kind of take it for themselves." And not think about his kind of well-being and aspirations. Obviously, then he'd, he'd have managers. So he's going to have a manager that then would deal with the promotion. Is that how it normally works? Is that like the the run of the? Yeah, but what's happening at the minute is managers are trying to sign him and stuff as well. So right, that's, yeah, yeah. you know that's all happening. But um, yeah, like I say, I, I, my advice to him would just you know take your time and, and and sort of yeah let let the dust settle a little bit because. There's just going to be people scrambling over him because you know they know he's got a good name. You know, he's, people like Khabib are sharing him and stuff like that. And you know, the Prince of Bahrain loves him, like wants him to go over to Bahrain right, and train it. and stuff. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's just got to, uh, yeah. And, and it's all because he just built himself up. You know, he talked a bit of shit or whatever. And it's 
But he's, when you when you get to know him, his character is kind of like that. He's like a cheeky sort of like that's he's like that kind of guy. So he's again, you know, what he puts out there is just an exaggeration of, of him. He's yeah. just he's not he's not like he's insane. I mean, yeah, he's not yeah. he's not talking shit like saying I'm going to smash you, and it's a lie. He no. means yeah, it. He's going to smash I mean? it. Like, I mean, he, <laughs> but he, he's, he smashed that guy. Up. Yeah, yeah, and he would say that face to face with someone as well, and you know, it was it was a dominant performance at Cage Steel. One of his yeah, fans, yeah, like, yeah. And then he got Super up in his face at the end of it as well, didn't he? Yeah, the <laughs> guy was swearing at him. Is that what it was? I wonder yeah, what happened. Swe- I didn't see that bit. Yeah, like, yeah. How can you, you just batted him for two rounds or three rounds? Did he go three, all the three, three rounds? Three rounds, rounds yeah. yeah. And, uh, there and was then, a point where I thought, we're going to have to get in the middle of these. Yeah. Because yeah. it was really quite I seen it at the end of one of the rounds, yeah. yeah. I seen Remember that. At the end of the fight. At the end of the fight, it was really tense. You've literally just like battered this guy for three rounds and... You, you still having a pops? So I didn't realise he swore. I said, back. What, "What's up with you? Calm down. You've yeah, won yeah. the bet." And he, and he said he swore at me, and he told me what he said, and I'm like, "Yeah, fair, carry on, yeah. <laughs> carry on." One more round, one more round. I didn't understand why why the lad did it, but obviously, you know, um, I think I think then he calmed down a bit, and he, I think he apologised to him. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them things in the middle of a fight, and he I think he was frustrated that he couldn't like impose his will on on uh, Mokhevi. The kid was kind of frustrated by it. So that's good. Though. That's good for promotion, isn't it? Like that's good for yeah. fans. Like we're there to see blood. Like we're literally. <laughs> yeah. It's true, isn't it? Like, yeah, it what it is. Like we're there to see fucking blood. Like that is in it. or out of the that, cage. That, you know, honestly, <laughs> that out. is it. It's like again in Rome. I was talking to a guy um, from the head hunters gym, Alex, and he, he was saying like we're walking out with one of the fighters, and he said like these people want blood. Just give them it. Give give them what they want. You know, they want to see. That's what they want to see. We ain't Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. What, what recent, recent, say, yeah, you know that's I mean? it. That's it. Yeah. That is it. The, the fans, your average everyday fan, don't care about the intricacies of jujitsu, and no. you know they just want to see blood. That is it, and it's, it's primal. It's a primal thing. Yeah. It's like it you, comes edu- from the colours. Yeah, you know, your educated they, fans, they want to see. You know, they want to. See, oh, I want to see your skill. Oh, I want to see this guy's takedowns. How many times can he take him down? You know, it's more technical, but your average person, it just comes down to that primal thing. I want to see someone get sparked out cold. I want to see blood everywhere. People screaming and stuff like. Fighting's in our DNA. Yeah, yeah. When when we have a lot of like female fans now, we we kind of built a female base up and women are worse. <laughs> the, 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 the women will say to me, "Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna like it. I don't know, you know what?" And I, I'll say to them, "Fighting's in your DNA." And, and Dana White famously said once. Take four corners anywhere in the world. Now remember, he's American, so you got to kind of see through it. So he says, on one corner they're playing soccer, on the other corner they're playing street hockey, and on the other corner they're playing basketball. On the fourth corner, a fight breaks out. Where do the crowds go? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like at school, school isn't it? Fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone runs to that. And and the women that say to me, "Oh, I don't know if I'm going to like. I'm standing there, and I, you know, I don't want to see blood and all that." By by the second fight, they're on their chair shouting, "Hit him!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't help it. You just can't. It's in your DNA. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. It's, it's like you say, it's primal. Yeah. You know, and, and obviously the Colosseum is that. That is like how it is. That is like the kind of magnified example of it all. These people wanted to see actual blood. They want to see people killed. You know. Yeah. And. It, and They'd say to the gladiators, "Go out there and entertain, and the the crowds will love you." It's like, okay, yeah. set lions on them and everything, didn't they? Yeah, like, yeah. They were crazy, I th- but, yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I know there were like over a million animals killed there. I think I can't. I can't. Remember. 
I did I did uh, check when I was there. I thought, I wonder how many people died here. And then, yeah, I found I, I, like 400,000 people and then a, a million animals or something over the time the Coliseum was open. Yeah, yeah. Like a couple hundred years or whatever. Madness. Yeah. Um, we've got a comment. Scott Harper said, Dom, get me John Barnes. Oh, oh this is a rematch. This is oh, somebody promoting a fight. You always say we love this kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, this, is what we're selling. this is what we're selling. Big Scott. So Scott Harper retired more times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love Scott. He's sound. He's a proper nice guy. And then he like trades. He trades hard, doesn't he? But like week before a fight, he'll still be like, oh yeah, I'm on vodka and tonic. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and then he goes in and he's just, like he can take punches, can't he, Scott? Well, that was a sick fight, don't you think, oh, with John Barnes? Cause it, yeah. Amazing fight. Yeah. Amazing that fight. That last round, it's got just, like he'd lost the first two rounds or whatever that just went out there and we're like, fuck. I'm just like, keep your head down, you know, chin down, hands up or whatever. And he just went out there, just put his hands down. He was like, fucking come on, man. Start <laughs> swinging. And it worked, you know what I mean? It, it, it like, he had his best round or whatever. And then... I got in the cage and John Barnes said to me, and I, it's kind of difficult. I, I've done radio shows and I keep forgetting that you can't actually swear on it. So, so John Barnes actually said to me, he fucking buzzed me twice. <laughs> <laughs> he broke his nose. Yeah. Yeah, John Barnes had a broken nose. And, and at the time, the, the promoter in me said, are we doing this again? Scott, you're not retiring, are you? Come out of retirement <laughs> again. And Scott went, yeah, I'll do it again. Uh, and obviously he's proved that because he's saying it here. Yeah, yeah. And I asked John Barnes at the time and he said yes at the time. But... We don't know. We'll see. John went on holiday. Yeah. We haven't obviously been I seen, I seen him hitting some pads or whatever at a gym. So he's training over there. But yeah, I think, yeah, let's get it on again. Yeah, let's do it again. I think everyone will love that fight. Yeah, yeah. That's where it's all that. I mean, look at like... Let's do it again, but we'll let's do. make it five rounds instead. <laughs> you up for five rounds, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> can you do? Can you make five rounds? You'll have to cut, cut out your vodka and tonic. <laughs> I mean, look at the uh, fighters you've got on... on on the roster, like look at what um, Bram did. You know, like for me, like I, I'm looking now, and I'm like Bram's the one. Like he's like the golden egg because Bram old. Just because he can talk so much shit, he's a really nice guy. He talks absolute bollocks, and he he finishes like he's just a. I mean, that last that finish, what, what ten seconds or something? Like I'm not sure. Yeah, like he caught twenty a seconds or something. Yeah. On that, that, that spinning yeah, elbow. Yeah, spinning elbow. Yeah. Uh, like what? What did he say before? He said it on your. He said your on that video, didn't he? he? When, he said, I'm uh, ready to shin this Brazilian face and get pissed for a week. That's it, yeah. <laughs> and, and like you said there about, you know, be the, the kind of magnified version of yourself. Bramall drinks, okay? That's that's a, that's a one of his things. Yeah. And like there's been times when I've tried to like speak to him as like a father figure. And, like, <laughs> I've gone to the pub, the Crown Pub. It was kind of funny. <laughs> I took him some tickets. I thought, and I went to his house. I thought, it won't be at his house. It'll be at the Crown because he's always at the Crown on Snapchat. He's stuff. even got a Crown <laughs> tattoo. Yeah. Little fucker. So I yes. went, I walked in and, and all his mates were like, oh, Bram, as if his teacher had walked in. <laughs> Bosses here. <laughs> and I kind of sat down with him and, and said, when does this stop? At what point? How many weeks out does this stop? And um, I've realised that that's, that's who he is. He'll stop for kind of eight weeks. Yeah, and then that's <laughs> <laughs> what well, he tells me. We're fucking watching, Bram. I know I've got spies Bram. in your village, you little bastard. Bramold, we're gonna get the CCTV from Crown. <laughs> Find out. He finds better stop. pissed anyway. To be fair, oh, Scott Harper's coming back saying three and a half rounds. Is it <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like like obviously the 
this conversation last week, you know, talking about getting more people and then, you know, you saying about Bramwell and stuff, it did, yeah, it did kind of trigger some ideas in my head about, you know, doing, because we do the interviews and you do this standard stuff, but doing the more of like, I, I, I want to get into this, we discuss this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I said, I, I want to get, if you think like about it. if you it, just followed Bramwell yeah. around oh, and yeah. got, like the, got like yeah. the, the raw shit because people, People can relate. Like somebody who goes to the pub drinking can relate to Bramold. Yeah, when yeah. he's in the pub drinking, having a laugh with his mates, going on and holiday, sparking someone out with a spinning elbow. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like he's my mate from pub. Yeah. It's like that's what people you're, want. You're selling it? like a storyline. Like that's yeah. how that's a, that's that is the future. I mean, like I I've managed to make a career out of vlogging, like which is the most millennial fucking statement you're ever going to find. But like literally creating a weekly <laughs> vlog, you know, getting millions of views. Yeah, it's like it's true, isn't it? Like, but people want to see that shit. People want to relate to people that they see on yeah. telly. And then, especially as a fighter, like I love the uh, embeddeds that come out before any. Like, I this weekend's a prime example. UFC two forty. I'll watch all the embeddeds going up to it, but I won't watch the fight. I'll just see the results afterwards. So I'd rather watch the build up to the the actual fight. Yeah. You know. So so to obviously cover that that conversation we had last, last week when I said that that's what where I want to be. That's what I want to do. And I kind of talked about the X factor. The last the last person that they leave on X Factor is the one where they give you the kind of sad story or what have yeah. you. And it, it's that hearts and minds. So they kind of sell that. People buy on emotion. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I said, this is where I want to be. I want to follow these fighters. But being honest with you, this in UFC, this in yeah. Bellator, this in a multinational company with millions and millions behind them. This is me. This is my money. Okay. I'm trying to build this as best I can. I want to do something with Cage Steel that, that, that is just crazy for for like an independent business. Yeah. So I've had to build steadily, but I have actually sent a message late last night to someone that will take this on to next, ne this kind of thing that we're talking now will happen for the next show. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've seen it for a long time. That's what we needed to do, but we just haven't been able to, to kind of afford it, if you yeah, like. Yeah, it's completely you know, understandable as well, isn't it? Like, we're not here, like, saying that we we know everything. We were just yeah, no, chatting no. shit on a podcast <laughs> like we do every week and, and forgetting <laughs> no, that yeah. people listen. Not forgetting, but, like, we, we don't acknowledge how many people listen. Yeah. Really, do we? Because you, you've, you've yeah. seen it. It's just an empty room. A few people in here. We chat shit and we leave. Like, that's it. <laughs> and then, then we're getting DMs and stuff saying... Jessup, why have you not uploaded last fucking podcast? I literally got one overnight because it's still not on iTunes. That's like that's the sort of show we're in. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, I think that's what people want in it. They want to see the backstory. Yeah. They want to see the like. I want to see him visit like, their like, nan and my, if, if, go if, to work and yeah, like like for my for my fight, for example, fucking hell, the problems I had yeah, up yeah. to that. I had fucking tonsillitis. Oh fuck! There were no cheesecake yeah, in Tesco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I've hardly had any cheesecake to be fair but actually cheesecake so, so, dying. So, so there is there has been some filming done so so Natalie and, and yourself did some um, so there is going to be a little a little sort of something coming out there that's going to show the kind of build up to the fight which yeah it's I mean like it's going to show the opposite side you a know, lot of fighters are doing it themselves you know yeah. the amount of people the amount of fighters that came to us this time asking for press passes so that like Mokaev and um, Madders and, and like obviously you were doing yeah. it for, for Danny people filming behind the scenes yeah. we've got to kind of get that early so that people can see what they've got to see what these guys go through yeah. because we're in this world and we see it I don't think people really really understand what a fighter goes through because a lot of the time 
they're trying to balance a job because yeah. this this stuff doesn't pay. That's what we've spoken you know, of before, isn't it? A yeah. job, their training, their diet, family their family yeah, life. Yeah. You know, it, it's a real tough thing. And you you look at like Dan Tempest who fought on the show. Dan Tempest, we came to video everybody and he literally ran in with 15 minutes of a wrestling session to go and said, can I just jump in? Because I've only just finished work. Works for himself. He's a plumber. He's kind of, he's, he's got a family. He just cleaned out shit out of toilets at gym as well. <laughs> Cheers, Dan. Check him out. He Top only, guy. He only came to does, do a private. Does the jobs that you fucking don't want to do. We've got a comment from uh, Connor Halliday saying uh, Tempest, is it Crean? Yeah, at the dome. What a fight! I know. Yeah. What? What? That's another prime example of like the before and after. Because obviously Dan's a, a nice guy, but like yeah. after, obviously took a lot. He took the loss, and he wasn't happy. But like seeing him backstage afterwards, like I would, I wanted to like film it, you know. Yeah. Because like it, you know, it's raw. Like the fucking got yeah, in there, the yeah. and souls, and, yeah. and he's fucking raging, you know, and understandably. Like, and we were just on about him then, Dan. You know, he, he's he's obviously tried to balance all these different things and tried to train as hard as he can. And, and Dan gets in some wars in fights. He's always in mental fights. Unbelievable. <laughs> and he, he gets in there and he just leaves it all on the line. And, you know, credit to the guy for, for putting it all on the line. And he pushed Ryan Crane a, a long way. Ryan had to dig deep. And, and Ryan obviously came up came up tops. Um, and I know that Ryan's, you know, we went down to their gym and Ryan's been training, training really, really hard for it. And both them two guys, you know, you, kind of you've got that belt in your hand and you know how much it means to people. And... And belts look class, by the you way. You kind of don't want to give it to one. Yeah, you know, it's really, it's really difficult because someone has to win. Yeah, to well, win. he's like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I kind of get to know both fighters, and yeah. I'm kind of independent, and I'll sit and watch a fight and not know who I want to win. It, for me, every fight ends up like Warrior, you know, the end of Warrior, where you've got they, they've written it really well, where instead of having a, a good guy and a bad guy, they've got two good guys who yeah. you don't really know who you want to win because you're like, oh, I like both characters, so. That every fight's like warrior for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what the future's looking like then for that's warrior. Why you, why you, for warrior, yeah. <laughs> You're hoping to take cage deal to that. That's what what's what's next then is from a uh, sort of a promoting standpoint. You wanted to get the behind the scenes more. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, that's what's going to sell it. Isn't it? That's yeah. what's going to get your everyday people. You know, because a lot of people attach to like someone from like their local, you yeah. know what I mean? If you've got someone in your local village or whatever, and you're like, who's this guy? And then you start seeing a bit of the backstory, how they grew up or whatever. Or what Everyone happened wants to, to tell you who their mate is. Yeah. The amount of times that people yeah, yeah. say to me, oh, I'm mates with Danny Mitchell. Oh, that guy, who's he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes people say that to me, like, oh, I know Danny Mitchell, who's a cage fighter. I'm like, oh, dear. You had that once, didn't you? I've had it table. before, yeah, 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 yeah. I've had, honestly, I've had that. Oh, no, I know Danny. He's there, didn't say Yeah. That's funny, that. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it before. And I, I know someone, I'm sure it were Ian Jones, got threatened with himself before. Like, oh, I'm, I'm trying with Evo, I'll, I'll, I'll get him down, he'll fill you in. And that. he's like, oh, yeah, sound, ring him if you want. <laughs> it's like, fucking his phone starts ringing, hello? Yeah, I'm sure it were Ian Jones, but yeah. I can't that's when you know you've made it when you get threatened with yourself. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> there is a saying out there saying like, one day there'll be people t saying where they first met you or where they yeah, met you. Yeah, Something yeah. like that, I can't, I've seen it before, but. yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see uh, Rico's behind the scenes movie from uh, Connor Halliday. Like that's what I want to see. Ah, yeah, so that's coming out. That soon, looks yeah. sick. That like that. Yeah. Looks, like, he sent me. I've seen the trailer for it. It looks now long. Yeah. Well, Connor's obviously commented there, and I, you know, let's yeah, let's yeah. just go out there. Connor's the guy that I messaged last night and said I want I want him to be doing this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
he has replied, and Connor, sorry, mate, I ain't read it yet because uh, to get Danny here on time. He's local. Isn't he? He's from. He's, he's down. He's, he's from, yeah. He's, yeah, he's from Doncaster. He's from a. You know, he's from a fighting family. The Hallidays. You know, his mum and dad. They used to fight back in the day. That and sounds then, wrong, Danny. Yeah, not, not with each other. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe they did. Uh, but yeah, so so his yeah his dad fought. His dad his dad ran the gym for about. I think Connor's. His dad run like Ultimate Force at one bit, didn't he? Or something. Uh, like some it was running Storm Force. Storm Force. Storm Force. Yeah. The show. Yeah, and then he, he sort of yeah. He, uh, he ran the gym. I think Connor's running the gym now mainly. Yeah. I think he sort of sort of took charge. Uh, we got Sam Halliday, you know, basically the entire family. Yeah. Of, of, Megan. Yeah. He's got skills. As, as yeah, a... Megan who fought on yeah, Sheffield. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's another rematch for you there. You see, we're building, we're building up a narrative <laughs> now, aren't we? This hey, is, that's, that's, get me a rematch. Tell you what, there's some fights that I'd love to see run back again. I'd love to see that's, that fight with Amy again. Yeah. If you look at the, the yeah. show and you look at those fights, you could literally... Put on most of that card again, hundred percent, yeah. And and it's like, well, every fight is is yeah. like you want to see it again. Like Amy, sixteen year old, fighting against an experienced yeah. Megan Johnson, and now, she did like she she dominated really for first like she it were a dominating performance, yeah, yeah. For, for like eight percent of the fight. I still it? haven't seen it. Yeah, have you yeah. not saw the finish? I yeah, still yeah, haven't yeah, seen yeah. all the fights. It were quite, it were it, it were, it were a dominating performance. Yeah, I yeah. thought it stood back. Yeah, yeah, she was good at Amy because, you know... Yeah, she, that's the thing. She's, yeah, she's, she, she, she was, she's gutted about yeah, it. Yeah, she was angry after the fight, but yeah. she was like, no, no. So, yeah. And everyone wants to see, you know, them kind of fights again. Yeah, and, and people... do it again for a title, isn't it? Bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of incentive. Come on, Connor. <laughs> but yeah, Connor's, Connor's the man. He's, he's, he's got some skills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah a question, he's, a question he's doing great. He sort of helps me with videos and stuff as well, so <laughs> check him out. CH Productions, guys. So, Brian Lacey... Oh yeah, what's he saying? If you had to fight one of his four commentators from uh, Cage Steel Twenty Three as the main event for the next Cage Steel, who would he fight, and how would he see it ending? Who's he asking? You. Who would I fight? Yeah, of, of your four commentators. <laughs> Lacey just wants to fight anyone, doesn't he? Luke Barnett just for height. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you see it ending? He'd batter me. <laughs> there you go, Brian. There's your answer. <laughs> I think, I think Brian wants to do something. I don't want to pick on weak. I'm not a bully. Oh, he's got a bad <laughs> knee. He's got a bad knee. Bless him. Yeah, he has, yeah. Class. Um, I, I'm not taking him on at commentary, at interviews and stuff, though, because he's He's, he's a proper natural. Yeah. Isn't he? When he interviewed me, it kind of felt, oh, I'll get in schooled. He's yeah, good, good, good at interviews and stuff. So when I'm doing the interviews with fighters, kind of like, oh, well, to be fair, doing it was like, oh, yeah, I could learn something here. So yeah. Yeah. Get Brian to do it in future. Yeah. <laughs> Send Brian off to do it. Send Brian. <laughs> yeah, Brian said, yeah, he would. He would buy you. So, <laughs> there you go. Brian would buy me. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. <laughs> he could have said, yeah, then you started a fight. <laughs> yeah. Right, we'll, uh, we'll start wrapping up there. But UFC wow. 240 this weekend. There's only one fight that's... that's yeah, well, there's Cyborgs fighting, and then there's Max Holloway's defending his title against um, Frankie Edgar. Yeah, which I, I can't get excited about. Like Frankie Edgar got like by the this is the fans. This is my fans' mentality. Frankie Edgar got knocked out by um, Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega got beat to a pulp by Max Holloway. So thus the triangle dictates that. 
Max Holloway's going to retain his title. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work like that. That's my MMA maths. We can use this as a clip. MMA maths. If Max Max Holloway gets battered, we can use this clip and say how wrong I was. Or I could be right. On that theory, Jay Furnace was the greatest fighter ever. Yeah. Back to the goat. Back to the goat. Jay Furnace is the greatest fighter ever. (laughs) Big Jay. Um, So before we we finish up, uh, next event, yeah, 30th of November, Doncaster Dome. It's all uh, going on sale in the next day or two. Um, yeah. We're already selling VIP tables. I've sold uh, sold three last night, so we're uh, we're off and running. There, there's about nine potential fights already on the card. There's probably about 30 in his head. Yeah. Um, yeah, t- Ma- ma- matching for this should be quite easy because I've got after that last show, obviously thirty-seven fights. There's a lot of fighters. A lot of them want to fight again, and a lot of people saw that event and thought, "I want to be part of that." So yeah, now yeah. I've got loads of people messaging me. You know, can we can we get on the show? So yeah. um, I think this is going to be obviously there's going to be a lot less fights um, than that. There's going to be maybe eighteen fights, but you know, it's what gonna, time does it normally start? No, then what time is it? We're going to have six. Yeah, six. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to go for six o'clock kickoff. Um, Till till eleven, yeah. Um, there was five hours of absolute madness, action packed. Yeah. It, it is to be fair, like it's, it's going to be some... non-stop as well. Like it's just fight yeah, after yeah, fight after fight yeah. after fight. Like it's there's going to be some great fights and there's going to be a few rematches, lots of title fight for some yeah, reason. Night of the champions. Yeah, we're going. We yeah. decided to call it Night of Champions because there's so many. There's so many people, you know, ready to defend the titles that they've won, and there's so many people who are ready to fight for titles. Yeah. That is, yeah, like pretty much half the card's going to be title fights, but they're all, you know, good competitive fights and stuff. It took a while to build to this sort of level, if you like, this yeah. standard, but yeah, the, the fights are, are going to be really That's good. exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is uh, Mr. Mitchell, are you going to step back in? Nah, I've had enough. I'm retiring again, mate. Again, he's like Scott Harper now. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe it. Give me, yeah, I'll be at Scott's house tonight on vodka and tonic. <laughs> so no, yeah. yeah, go on, sorry. Go on, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I will fight again. I don't know where, I don't know when, but I don't know yeah. what. Sounds like a song. Man. I don't know what rules. Possibly not possibly Valetudo rules, but yeah, we'll see. I'm just gonna yeah, just enjoy life and see what happens. Well, thanks for coming in. No worries. Thank you for uh, a, inviting me in. It's been a pleasure and uh, we'll we'll support the efforts for when we're at November 30th. November 30th, 30th yeah. yeah. So, exactly. There'll be a March show and we're going to do a Sheffield Arena next year, probably July the 4th. Nice. Independence Day. There you go. That's it. We'll get. We'll get. We need an American. I've already had an American. (laughs) You know, who's messaged me and said, "When am I coming back?" And we literally discussed about the date, and I'm like, "This is a bit weird." Yeah, that could be it. (laughs) Yeah, the pantomime villain. The pantomime villain returning for. Come out with Josh. It, like, it, who are it they could talking be like Apollo about? Creed. Could be like Apollo Creed. I see the American flags, the big American hat. This is it. We've cracked it. I know exactly who's talking. About. We've cracked it. Eric Olson. Yeah. We just need to get them super light scales. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Them special scales that I use for weighing in. On that so, note. Yeah. We'll call it a day. Yeah, Thank man. you very much, Cheers. guys. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.